like to request you to turn to the Gospel of Matthew. Gospel according to Matthew chapter 1. We will pay close attention to verse 21. I'd just like to read from verse 18 to verse 25. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being just a man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not forsake, sorry, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. This afternoon, like us to consider verse 21 of Matthew chapter 1 as we approach the table. And I'd like us to uh, consider three things from this verse. That number one, Jesus has his people. Number two, Jesus cares for his people. And number three, Jesus deals with his people's greatest enemy. Look at verse 21. We are told there that Mary would bear a son. They are to call his name Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. Now here we have <clears throat> we have a, a woman whose name is Mary and she she's found to be with child as the bible says there. And uh, this is of course as we know it from uh, the, the word of God that it's from the Holy Spirit Jesus was conceived in the womb of the Virgin by the power of the Holy Spirit and when uh, he's con uh, when, when, when he's conceived in the womb of his mother Joseph wants to you know Joseph wants to quietly do away with her he doesn't want to put her to shame uh, he, he wants to divorce her quietly. That's what the text tells us. 
and then there is this angel of the Lord that appears to him and um, he appears to him in a dream and tells him you know what is conceived in Mary is of the Holy Spirit and so do not do not be afraid do not fear to take Mary as your wife and um, this is where now the angel makes that proclamation that she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins now that text tells us that there is there is only one savior his name is Jesus Christ and what we have here is his entrance into humanity he is conceived by the Holy Spirit now Jesus of course as you know he comes to this world he lives the perfect life he dies upon the cross he rises from the grave he goes back to his father he's now taking the highest seat in all the universe he is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings then I'd like you to see here that Jesus has his people if you're seated here this afternoon to partake of the Lord's Supper Jesus is yours and you are his look at that verse she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people he's not going to save everyone unfortunately He's only going to save his people. Now, we are not universalists that believe that everyone will eventually be saved. No, we believe in particular redemption, definite atonement, that Jesus Christ came to this world to save his people. Because that's what the Bible tells us. He will save his people. Jesus has his sheep, as we were considering last week. Not everyone is his sheep. Jesus prays for his people. Then John 17. He doesn't pray for the whole world. Jesus has his people. And not everyone is his. He comes to save those that are his. He comes to redeem those that belong to him. Now, the text that we were considering this morning, Ephesians 1 verse 3, says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places verse 4 says even as he chose us in him we are told that Jesus chooses us we do not choose him and therefore what we have here is that Christ has his people now you ask yourself how, how, how do I become his his and you become his by repenting of your sins and by putting your trust in him you know that you're his when when you're willing to bend your knee to him you know that you're his when you can call him my Lord and my Savior but then the, the, the plain truth there is that Jesus has his people I'd like you to see uh, uh, secondly that Jesus cares for his people those that are his are in his care he cares for them we read there she will bear a son Mary and you Joseph shall call his name Jesus 
for he will save his people from their sins. He cares for his people because we are told there that he will save them. Because Jesus has his people, he will save them. And in saving them, he shows that he cares for them. He is the good shepherd. He cares for his people. He knows those that are his and he cares for them. He will save them. He must save them. He will accomplish redemption for them. Now, notice that this is when Jesus is coming into the world. And so when, when, when the angel says that he will save his people from their sins, he's saying that he is going to enter into this world. He's going to accomplish all that the Father would be sending him to do. Jesus says that his food is to do the will of his Father. And because of that, then, he will save his people. He must save them. It's not as though Jesus is doing, he's not throwing seeds in the ground, waiting for them to germinate, which, whichever of them will germinate. No, Jesus is going to save those who are his and it is a must that he do it. He's going to accomplish all his father's will by living perfectly and by dying the death that his people deserve. Therefore we are told there that he will save his people. He will save them. He must save them. He will accomplish, accomplish redemption for them. The implication here is that those who go to hell are not his people they're not his because the bible tells us that he will save his people right therefore anyone who goes to hell is not his because his people must be saved he will save them he cares for them he will save them he will do it and he cannot be defeated can he he cannot be defeated he cannot lose can he no, he can't. We read there in John chapter 6 that his people are in his grip. No one is able to snatch them from his hand. He cares for them so much so that he's going to save them. Now thirdly and lastly, Jesus deals with his people's greatest enemy. You already know this, but reminding you is no trouble for me. Your greatest enemy is sin. It's not poverty. It's not lack of food. Your greatest enemy is sin because sin will have you go to hell. Sin will not have you live with God forever. God is not going to behold sin. He's, he does not delight in sin. Now Jesus deals with his people's greatest enemy he deals with sin you see the way david deals with goliath goliath is the the people of god's greatest enemy no one is able to put him down david comes and uh, 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 throws a, a stone just one stone at him and he dies he deals with the the greatest enemy of the people of god and this is what the lord jesus christ does the picture there is that there is a coming Messiah, the greater than David, who is going to deal with the, the, the enemy of the people of God, the greatest enemy that the people of God have ever known or will ever know. We are told there, if you look with me, that she will bear a son 
and you will call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins if you have been saved here it's not that you've been saved from accidents it's not that you've been saved from you know all all these things that people claim that God has saved them from no if you have been saved here this afternoon you have been saved from your sins if you have not been saved from your sins you have not been saved by Jesus Jesus saves his people from their greatest enemy from their sins now you well know that we went through the that's that series on the sinfulness of sin and sin is against you in this life and in the life to come as we are able to see Jesus deals with that he saves us from the penalty of sin he saves us from the power of sin he will save us eventually from the presence of sin Jesus deals with his people's greatest enemy no one is able to stand against sin sin are you are you able to stand against sin no you're not sin has brought every one of us to our knees no one is able to deal with it the bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god no one is good no one is righteous no one is able to deal with sin even the greatest king that there has been here on earth king david is brought down on his knees by sin because he sins against another man by taking his wife he sins against another man by taking his life and then he sins against god and against him only by trying to cover up all the sins that he's done and he's faced with his sin he, the sin brings him down no one is able to stand against sin no one is able to fight with it even sin is like goliath all of us are are in one corner afraid of it and then the lord jesus christ steps in and he deals with it he deals with our greatest enemy the separation that there is between man and god can only be removed by god you see sin brings this this gap between you and god but then the gap is bridged by the lord jesus christ and he is the one that deals with our greatest enemy now we are seated here this afternoon my brethren because jesus christ has dealt with our greatest enemy jesus christ has accomplished redemption for us jesus has conquered death he has conquered sin he has emerged victorious and that's why you're seated here I, i i would not tire to remind you that jesus is the only savior of the world it is in him that life is obtained and we have that life here this afternoon because we have him if you do not have him you do not have life but you are seated here this afternoon because you have him you have him because he has saved you because you are his you have him because he cares for you he has saved you you have him because he has dealt with your greatest enemy which is sin and so ap- approach the table with much joy uh, approach the table as one whose sins have been dealt with know that even though you're a great sinner jesus is a great savior 
and your sins though great they do not surpass the power and glory of his grace and because of that then he welcomes you to the table and as we're going to see later on that we examine ourselves Jesus has dealt with every every sin that 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 might seem minute and the one that might seem as though it's very great he has dealt with all of them let's pray father we thank you for you've welcomed us to your table through your son the lord jesus christ who has us as his people who cares for us as his people and was dealt with our greatest enemy which is sin we therefore pray that as we approach the table this afternoon that you'd be merciful to us be merciful to help us to be reminded of the death of our lord to know that the way he's dealt with this this sin is that he's nailed it upon the cross he's taken the wrath of god that we deserve and now now we are welcome as his, as as your children as heirs and co-heirs with him help us now as we approach the table to savor these blessings and to be ministered to by this ordinance lead us in your paths of righteousness for your name's sake we pray these things in Jesus name amen <laughs>